Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Camille from sunny California, and you're listening to the Coffee Chat with Camille show, which is a podcast series that interviews various guests about real-life topics for people who love to learn. Hi everybody, welcome to Coffee Chat with Camille. Excuse me, I have a little cold, but I have a terrific guest. His name is Mr. John Brinks, and the title is World War II. A brief biography about our guest. John Brink was born in Nazi-occupied Holland at the beginning of the Second World War. From the time he could walk, his days often consisted of foraging for food with his brother and sister. His mother was left to raise the three kids alone when their father was drafted into the Dutch Army. They wouldn't know if he was alive until the liberation of their village by Canadian soldiers on April 12, 1945. This was the exact moment John determined he would make his life in Canada, the land of his heroes. He was only five years old. Like many others who lived through that time, John has lived his entire life with the effects of post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD resulting from being in a war zone. Excuse me. And so for you, the wonderful audience, you can find out more about our guest, Johnny Brinks, at John, spelled J-O-H-N-A, Brink is B as in boy, R-I-N as in Nancy K dot com. Okay, and then we're going to go ahead and welcome Johnny to the studio, okay? Uh, thank you very much. Hi, John. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. And so, yes, yes. And so what we're going to do is go ahead and get into the interview. What was it like growing up in World War II? Obviously, uh, as you already indicated in the intro, it uh, was not easy. Uh, you know, the uh, I was born in 1940. My sister was born uh, one year earlier and my brother two years earlier. My mom was uh, uh, pretty much on her own because my dad was drafted into the Dutch Army. And the last they heard about him is... Uh, just before the bombing of Rotterdam, they were killed. Uh, Rotterdam is one of the largest cities in Holland, and uh, it killed lots and lots of people in the center of Rotterdam. So they will not would not know until the early part of uh, 1945 that uh, if he if he uh, when he came back that he had survived. But uh, so it was very difficult for uh, being in a war zone, and 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 we and collectively realize that even more so now that you watch the news and see wars in the Ukraine and the Middle East. But some people think that uh, after the war is over, everything goes back to normal, but that's not the way it is. Uh, It sometimes takes a generation or longer before 
things get back to what used to be normal and likely in a lot of cases that will not be normal and the people that have been directly involved, uh, including the kids in particular, but also the parents, uh, you know, will, would be affected by PTSD. In my case, it was PTSD and the inner child, the fear of losing the only parent that was taking care of us during the war. And in fact, I got counseling for that balance through my 50s. Uh, very emotional, very, uh, you know, very important, but very emotional. So it, uh, it was tough and we saw far too much that we should not have seen. Uh, we, uh, I was born in northeastern Holland, close to the German border. And uh, already in, uh, you know, when I was three and a half to four, uh, hundreds of bombers would go overhead bombing Germany and especially in the north uh, western part of Germany close to our, our area where I lived in Holland uh, that where it bordered on the North Sea and uh, where there were a lot of the uh, facilities directly connected to the war. So it was uh, not easy and uh, but the one one thing that I do remember from the time I was five I remember the airplanes hundreds of them in the air and then as you indicated, the Canadian Army liberated us uh, April the 12th, 1945. But before that, it was uh, the hunger winter and, uh, and, uh, and one of the coldest winters on record. And uh, the kids, including myself, at the, about four and a half, then, uh, you know, the, during the winter of 1944-45, we would go out with... Uh, my brother, my sister, ourselves, every morning with gunny sacks into the railroad yards, pick up anything edible or burnable. And the reason that we did as little kids, because they wouldn't shoot us, they would boot us one, but then we just came back the following morning. So, but I still remember uh, the feeling of hunger that will never leave you, uh, the sense of the cold, uh, because we had uh, no heat other than one little stove in, in one small room where we sat around. I can still feel the, the feeling of hunger even now still. Uh, uh, I'm 83, and uh, then I was 478 years ago, virtually. Uh, and, and the feeling of cold. And then the other one that always stayed with me is uh, the anxiety and anxiety of losing the parent because things in our area got pretty rough. And uh, and obviously seeing far too much that I should not have seen, and the kids should not have seen. But uh, but it left me with the uh, you know ambition to go to Canada. That's there was no question in my mind. Uh, even at five years old, that's where I would go to the land of my heroes. And I did that, uh, you know, when I was 23, and uh, came to Canada with nothing really, a suitcase, three books sets of clothes and uh, by the time I got off the bus uh, you know in Vancouver uh, I had the dream of building a lumber mill and uh, talked to couldn't speak the language didn't speak English uh, didn't have a job didn't know a soul and they sent me to the center for your guests and the people watching this around the world uh, British Columbia is a big province uh, in Canada and uh, uh, you know the and uh, there's a city where I'm now at that uh, called Prince George that is physically in the center of British Columbia, about 500 miles north 
or 800 kilometers north of Vancouver. That's the exact center, north to, yeah, north to south, east to west. So it's a big, big province. So that, I've been here now for 60 years and uh, started uh, uh, from nothing as a cleanup man. And then uh, pretty quickly, uh, I built a career, uh, you know, became a superintendent. And then within 10 years uh, from that, uh, uh, started uh, uh, a company uh, called uh, the Brink Group of Companies now that have about 10 different companies. And... Uh, you know, and some other things happen in between. I, I'm now also a author. I've written three books. The one is called Against All Odds. And it's an interesting one because it's not hurrah, hurrah, John, but more it's more about all the challenges along the way from my early days and, uh, and showing all the ups and downs along the way, starting in a new uh, country and then starting from nothing and uh, going through all the challenges and uh, and the reason that I did it is not so much to say hurrah hurrah John but to hopefully encourage those that uh, of the people that think that there are no opportunities and uh, you know that uh, even when you start from nothing uh, I say there is and uh, you know so when I came off the bus here I had and my employees actually made a, a plaque for me that says, with big letters on it, it says $25.47. Well, that's what I had in my pocket when I came off the bus in Prince George. I counted at least three times. My three books, uh, uh, you know, two sets of clothes. And uh, so that's how I started. And, uh, uh, you know, the and, and again, what I'm saying is the other part about that sign that uh, my employees made for me, underneath it, it says the foundation of my life is attitude. I've always been optimist. I always look at the, the bright side that if today is a bad day, I will swear it will be a much better day tomorrow. The second thing that I always do uh, to me is important to have a passion for all the things that I do. Uh, if it is running my companies, but whatever I do, I give it all that I got. And then the other part is work ethic. And uh, I, I work hard. I usually even now at 83, I get up at 5.30 in the morning. I always make my bed. Uh, that's probably my time in the Air Force. Uh, I was for two years drafted in the Air Force in Holland. And, and learn some good habits there that's still staying with me today, actually. But uh, in any event, the, uh, so then as I get up at 5.30, I always think I'm late. And I probably still work 70 hours plus a week, even now. And uh, uh, obviously, uh, I've been very, very busy building companies. Uh, I'm, I'm a busy author. I wrote the book Against All Odds. Another thing that uh, I... I by coincidence discovered is I was academically not very good in Holland. I failed grade three and failed grade seven three times. And and I kind of felt that I had failed. And and then here in Prince George, I found a bookstore and I found a book driven to distraction. I opened the book and it was about ADHD. And I had never even heard of ADHD, but as soon as I read it, I said, oh, my God, that's me. And 
I call it now, initially there was stigma attached. I, I call it now a superpower. There is no question in my mind about it. And I speak about it a lot in, in uh, presentations that I do. I also wrote a book about it. The book's title is ADHD Unlocked. Very popular book, actually, and available on, on, on audio, uh, audio as well. All my books are. And, uh, and I speak about it a lot. And, uh, and uh, you know, and I feel that I have an obligation to do that because uh, uh, a lot of people looked at it from a stigma perspective. I don't believe that. Uh, the other part about ADHD uh, it was thought to be about 8% of the population. I believe it's closer, and a lot of other people do as well, closer to 20%. And then I wrote another book, uh, Bobby on Books, here, is that uh, this came out last year. And the book title is that I find a lot of people don't know what to do and they're not happy with what they are doing. And so the book title is Finding Your Passion, Living the Dream. And uh, it is so important that you make those choices and then from there and pursue all the opportunities that we have. And the other part uh, that's important to me, we are so blessed here in North America. And as I understand it, you're in California, a lot of people watching us or in North America, that uh, compared to the rest of the world in particular, we have so many things that we, uh, you know, that puts us in this absolute amazing uh, uh, continent and, and this uh, between the United States and Canada. It's a beautiful, beautiful country and uh, countries. And I fly a lot. I do a lot of business internationally, in, including in, in the USA and the United States. A lot of times I sit in the airplane, always by the window. I look out and I say, it's paradise. So I think we are very fortunate, uh, you know, that we should be, the blessing should be every day. Uh, and that's what I tell to young people. But even the people that take everything for granted, I know from experience that things can change very, very quickly in terms of uh, everything around us and uh, a war and to preserve that our democratic system and and then be blessed that we are in North America because we are relatively speaking safe but do not take it for granted and and feel that it is a, a blessing living in the, one of the most beautiful places on earth Wonderful. That's wonderful. You covered quite a bit because I was going to ask, what age did you find out that you had ADHD? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Camille. Uh, I found out uh, in 1997, at uh, January 1997, and I was already 58 years old, or 57, actually. 57, yes. And then and how then, does this, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, I apologize. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, ask the question, Kimmy. <laughs> okay. And then how does it feel being the oldest nationally ranked bodybuilder in North America? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we all go through something like that, right? So I did, everybody gets a bit of a scare every so often. So I nearly died in 2008. I had a case of diverticulitis. And, and so that kind of gave me a shock that I should uh, take care of my body a bit better than I had been up to that point. So I started to watch my diet, and I went to the gym 
in earnest and I hired a trainer and started to go to the gym and uh, for about seven years. And then somebody one day said to me, as he saw me working out with my trainer, uh, have you ever thought about competing? And I said, me? And, and so, and I said, I'm going to do that. I started competing and then competed uh, here in BC. Uh, bodybuilding and physique came in second and third, and that qualified me for the Nationals and the Arnolds. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And then when did you start writing books? The first one that I wrote, Against All Odds, was probably five, six years ago, and I had thought about it quite a few times already. I never wrote a, written a book in my life, but uh, people kept saying to me, yeah, it's such an interesting life. Why don't you write a book about it? And I tried, and I stopped, and I tried, and I stopped. So the book is 80 years of history. It took me 20 years to think about it and write, try about it. And then finally it took me two years to write it, and then it came out against all odds. It's on audio as well. Apparently it's very popular. And uh, then from there on in, I got the feel of it. And then I felt I had to also be more public about ADHD and wrote that book. And then the other one is obviously about uh, finding your passion. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then why do you love connecting with other humans so much? Yeah, that is another very, very good question, Camille, is that obviously I came from the generation, uh, you know, that uh, where people spend a lot of time together, where they interact, go uh, at their homes or by by their friends or in the restaurants you go. But all of that has changed since the computer age came in and we start to look a lot more at, uh, at the computers and the iPhones and the and all of those kind of things. And we don't interact anymore on a one-to-one basis the way we did before. So I already started quite a while ago, uh, you know, kind of blogging in a way. And then uh, when COVID came, uh, I started uh, podcasting and uh and, and so this morning, actually, I did uh, my 100 and 192 podcast, and the podcast that I did is with the founder of uh, Podmatch, uh, Alex Clippo. Cool. Uh, cool. Yes. Yes. And and so I I like interacting with individuals from around the world, uh, like in your case. You are in California, and uh, yes. so uh, Alex is in Florida this morning. Then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I interact and podcast with all people from all around the world on all kinds of topics, and I love it. And I believe it is still the whole podcasting platforms are still in its infancy because it becomes increasingly more popular. And uh, and I believe it is an amazing. Uh, and I look at your venue; you're playing it right over a lot of different uh, uh, other platforms, and uh, it is a way of not only two people interacting like you and me do, but uh, all, there are a lot, a lot of people listening to it from around the world. That's so true. Yes, me too. Thank you so much. I appreciate your. Um, 
insight and also your story. It's a very powerful story, a very encouraging, inspiring story. And then I'd just like to ask you, John, what is your favorite coffee or hot beverage? Hot beverage is likely hot chocolate. <laughs> and, and then coffee. Uh, every morning I go to, I don't want to exercise you for Starbucks, but uh, that's what I do. Every morning I go to Starbucks and I get a, a, a Vinci Pike and, uh, you know, with one cream. And uh, I do that every day. Wonderful, wonderful. And then can you please leave with our listeners? Um, like your social media handles and also where they can pick up a copy of your book, books, plural, actually. Okay. Yeah. So you, as you indicated, it's uh, johnabring.com. And then yes. uh, we are on all social medias, uh, uh, you know, the uh, books yes. as well, audio and, and, and Amazon and you know, so yeah. And yes. I'm writing another book actually. I, I'm going to just mention this one. The other one okay. that I this coming out next July is Living Young, Dying Old, and mm-hmm. and that's about quality of life. And that saying, age is just a number. It's quality of life that is important to stay fit mentally, physically. Diet, go get exercise, not necessarily the way I do it, but at least work, go for a walk at least half an hour a day would already keep you kind of in shape. But, you know, that precious body that we have uh, uh, will take a lot of abuse, but it will only take and allow it for so long and to keep in shape and healthy. Absolutely. Thank you again for being here and for sharing. And I'm just going to say goodbye for now. Thank you, John, so much for being on the Coffee Chat with Camille show today. Thanks, Camille. My privilege and my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, that was uh, the wonderful and magnificent Mr. John Brinks, 83 years young, CEO, um, ADHD, bodybuilding, and author. And um, I did want to say this. Um, I do uh, I have a certification through the uh, National Association of Mental Illness, or NAMI. And um, I've just done a lot of uh, my own research, but also just learning through their classes about um, our mental health and challenges that we may have and how trauma affects us and, you know, going through, sadly, going through wars um, or just just there's so many different types of, of traumas, right? But it... That, that it all shapes you, but it just kind of sometime when you get out of all the fog of how horrific things can be, and oftentimes you need a lot of support and you need time, right? Um, but the beautiful part is that now in this day and age, we can actually talk about um, our mental challenges without so much stigma attached to it. And if there's stigma attached to it, and that's just a problem with people because we all have things that we, um, how can I say it? 
things that we go through. And oftentimes we don't know how to navigate that. And we also don't have the tools. But we do have counseling, right? We have um, in the podcast sphere and also in the social media sphere, we have a lot of doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists that just give you free advice if you can just sit down and, and get through the episodes. And and then, um, like, John has, has wrote a whole book, you know, on ADHD. So I did want to just kind of say that. And just let everyone know that this platform is open to conversation at all times about mental health and how we can get better and also support each other. Okay, so moving on. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Oh, and then I can say in my family, as it pertains to post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, because two of my family members had been through war. They both were... um, um, exhibiting symptoms and, and, and had a lot of stress and, and challenges because of being in a war environment. You know, I can only watch movies and listen to stories. And so I, I attempt through that to um, use my imagination, you know, but that is just, we really got to start heading more toward peace, peace, love, unity, happiness, you know, and the only way to do it is is to lean on others and who are positive and who uh, exhibit positive energy. And also just, um, it's a journey, right? Life's a journey. And so I absolutely enjoyed having John here on this show. I have watched his um, podcast, actually. Because he had two guests on there that I've had on my show. It was uh, Jen Drummond. She is a world record holder in, um, what do you call it? It's not mountain climbing, but something like that. And then I had Kevin, I think it's Palomari. And uh, he was magnificent. But again, I want to thank you guys for listening. And again, just please go to johnabrink.com. He has three books and a fourth book coming up. Um, let me do this one moment because in his pictures, I really love his, uh, his the images that he provided for the show. Um, he, <laughs> his employees gave him this wonderful, um, it looks kind of like a plaque that's 20, it says $25.47. And I want you all to remember that he just told us it's all about attitude, our passion, and our work ethic, right? The three books that he has written are Against All Odds. And it says, let's see. Oh, excuse me. How Attitude, Passion, and Work Ethic Lead to Success. Then the second book that he's written is ADHD Unlocked. Okay, and then the third one is Finding Your Passion, Living the Dream. All right, and I I, I can't um, currently remember the fourth one that's coming up, but it's here inside of the interview, in his interview with us, okay? So I think that we're going to say goodbye for now. I hope everyone's having a beautiful, beautiful day and week.
we're almost finished with it. It just seems like it flies by, right? Thank you for listening to Coffee Chat with Camille. You can find a copy, actually, of the um, show today at our website. It's coffeechatwithcamille.com. And then it's on Apple, Spotify, like every streaming, um, what do you call it, like where you listen to music, you can find the show generally, all right? So thank you guys so much for being here. I've been kind of struggling with this uh, cold, unfortunately. And so I just haven't been feeling like 100%, but I'm getting there slowly but surely. Um, having, I'm actually having tea. I'm having a eucalyptus tea, actually. So at any rate, <laughs> have a wonderful rest of your day, folks. I'll be back tomorrow with another guest. And wait, hold on. Actually, I do want to. One moment, because I'm getting 90 seconds in my ear. There we are. Okay, I should be good now. Um, Yeah, we have great guests coming up tomorrow. And let me let you know who they are. Sometimes it takes me a minute. It's going to be Eric McHugh. Eric McHugh will be here. He is a, he's president of Shop X Labs and chief growth officer at Data Inc. Okay, so he's going to be on tomorrow. And then, let's see, I think I have one more, one more guest coming. Yeah, I have, actually, you know what, I'm not going to announce them all right now. I'm just going to do the next one. So, again, it's going to be Eric McHugh. And, again, you can find copies of the episode at coffeechatwithcamille.com. My um, website was down for a minute because of my domain registration, which I totally forgot about. So I went ahead and, and paid it, and it's only like $12 a year. It's uh, Google domains and all that. But so my site's up. I'm actually trying to um, work on it um, to get it to function a little bit differently. But other than that, everything's going so great in podcast world. And, again, I hope that, you know, me, people like me or podcasters rather like myself, like Mr. John A. Brink, um, that we just really are bringing you all great messaging and content, and um, and I hope you're enjoying it. And if you want to leave comments, feel free. You can go actually. You can go to Coffee Chat with Camille at, on Facebook and leave comments if you'd like, and you can just send them to me directly at coffeechatwithcamille.com. Okay. So, all right. Thank you guys all for listening. Bye for now.
save big at Bonds in Albertson. This week, get Challenger Danish Creamery Butter, 13 to 16 ounces, for $3.47 each with digital coupon. Limit four. Plus, get Waterfront Bistro Extra Large Cooked Shrimp, 26 to 30 count, for $4.92 per pound with digital coupon. Sold in a two-pound bag. Limit two bags. And it's the final week to play Game On at Bonds in Albertsons. Buy three participating items to earn a code. Enter code online for a chance to win. Rules and details at GameOnSoCal.com. Visit BondsInAlbertsons.com or head in store for more deals. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.